So business leader and motivational speaker, an unshakable optimist, Simon Sinek, says, people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. And what you do simply proves what you believe. This is how he envisions how businesses should act and think and operate. And today we're talking to another inspirational leader in the business world, who is our new Dean of Business, Dr. Sergio Castello. So hello, I am Catherine Wright, and I'm the director of the CCG, and today's host of our podcast, Wingets, Movers, and Shakers. So I'm also part of a professor in the religion department, and this is Against the Grain. So today's episode is part of our Wingate Movers and Shakers series on our podcast. In this series, you will learn how various movers and shakers around Wingate University are working to improve the lives of our students and faculty and staff and community members. So today's guest is Dr. Sergio Castello, International Man of Mystery and Dean of the School of Business. We are excited to discuss what brought him to Winged, what he's been up to, and his participation in a very unique internship, Business 499 course, this fall. But before we get to the hard stuff, let's start with some fun facts to help our listeners get to know you better. So hello, can I call you Sergio? Absolutely. All right, hello Sergio. So. Happy to be here. Oh, I'm very, very excited about it. So here's your first question. It's a tough one. So if you are not allowed to be human anymore, but you could bottle everything that you are, who you are and your values and characteristic and physique into any animal in the world, in the wild, which one would you choose and why? So I'll give you two answers. The first one is I'm gonna tell you what people think that I should be if I were to be an animal. And they have told me several times that I resemble an ant. Okay. Uh, because I'm a hard worker, I'm a team player, and I'm persistent. Very nice. Ooh. If I had to choose who I would be, I would say a dove because I'm a peacemaker. Yes, you are. I try to bring uh, peace where there is trouble, and I also like to feel free oh, and fly okay. away. Well, very nice. Oh, I love it. See, that's actually, I'm going to keep that question and ask other people. Um, So on to the question we ask everyone that comes on to our podcast. If you were quarantined for at least two weeks with three different celebrities or famous people, who would you choose and why? So there are three very important people in my life because of my interests. Mm -hmm tennis, religion, and business. When it comes to tennis, I would like to be in a room with Roger Federer. Oh, yes. One of the greatest tennis players ever. But not only is he a great tennis player, he's very humble. And he's always giving credit to his team that have helped him achieve what he has achieved. So it's not just about him, it's about the team working together that uh, have allowed him to accomplish all these great things. Mm-hmm. 
When it comes to religion, I would say Pope Francis. Oh, I'd love to chat with him too. He cares for people. He cares for the most vulnerable. And uh, he's also a very humble uh, person. And last but not least, uh, a lady by the name of Indra Noyi. She is the former CEO of Pepsi-Cola, uh, Indian born, uh, and one of the first women in the United States that became a CEO. And uh, she had written a book recently, and one of the things that she writes in the book is that after you leave the office, never forget to be a mother, a sister, a daughter, or a friend. And she's always talking about relationships, whether they're at work or outside of work. And she's also a very humble uh, person. Wow, that would be some fabulous conversations, I think. It would be so neat. I think one of when I first got to know Pope Francis, just because he's the one I know the most out of all three, um, now I love Roger Federer. He is, he's amazing. Um, is that on his way to the Vatican, as he's you know becoming probably the most celebrated figure in the Roman Catholic Church, he took an old car. He had an old pair of shoes on. He, he was like, why? So he didn't want the palatial, you know, Vatican home that he would be in. He just wanted a simple apartment, you know, a simple place where he could be and uh, loved public transit. And, and so he really spoke to me in, in what he did, not what he said. So um, I think it would be really neat to have him uh, on the island or the, I say on the island with you, in quarantine with you. <laughs> um, so now that you've inspired Man of Mystery, Let's fan the flames and ignite some imaginations and let's hear about all your moving and shaking on campus. So Dr. Castello, Sergio, tell us about your time prior to Wingate. Where were you born? When, if you want to, where'd you go to school? Who were your biggest influences growing up? Uh, what are some of your prior experiences that you brought to Wingate? So I was born in Barcelona, Spain and I lived there for the first 17 years of my life. And I came to the United States on a tennis scholarship. I came with uh, two tennis rackets, one suitcase, and $157. Fast forward, I ended up in uh, Colorado, went to Colorado State for my PhD in International Trade and Finance. And then I spent uh, 20 years on the Gulf Coast in Alabama at uh, a couple of schools, University of Mobile and then Spring Hill College and Jesuit University. And then after all our children were grown, my wife and I looked at each other and we said, what next? And so um, I had spent all these years uh, teaching and working at a university so I could uh, help raise the children and so uh, my wife and I decided that it was time uh, to focus on my next career or my next step in my career so I told her I wanted to move north so um, it took about three years to find the perfect fit and um, once the I read the announcement uh, that Wingate had for this position before I even applied, I came home and I told my wife, pack your bags, we're moving. 
Really? So it was just a perfect fit for um, my experience and what they needed. Uh, but I needed to come see the campus and meet uh, my boss. I came to campus, I met Dr. Peter Frank, and within the five first minute, the first five minutes, I knew that this was the place for us. So I've been here now four years and uh, I'm starting my fifth year. I'm very excited about my new role as uh, serving as the Dean of the School of Business. That's exciting. I've only been here six years, so we're kind of newbies together. I think we grew up together at, at Wingate, you know. Um, now, tell me a little bit you told us when you became a bulldog, so not that long ago. You're almost a baby bulldog. I would say you're kind of a toddler bulldog. There we go. Um, and tell me a little bit about some of the courses and some of the extracurricular things that you've really kind of gotten involved with. Um, and if you have any best memories. I love this question. So I came as the assistant dean of the School of Business and I had two roles. One was um, to revamp um, the assessment process in the School of Business and uh, help navigate through accreditation. And also I taught uh, two courses per semester in international business and economics. But my first, my second year here, we received a grant, a NetView grant, and uh, I was uh, able to develop a new course titled Business Society and Sustainability, kind of a service learning course where uh, our students would collect shoes and we would partner with a nonprofit called Souls for Souls and then um, they distribute those shoes uh, around the world. So now we've been doing that for three years in the School of Business and I am happy to say that we have collected more than 10,000 pairs of shoes in the last three years. So. Um, we've changed the lives of 10,000 people. It's true, and what I remember one of the things that you said to me is even if they're so well-worn and well-loved that maybe someone else can't wear them, they recycle them and they refurbish them. And, and so it's like a full circle kind of sustainability, a closed kind of circular economy. So we're not creating always new, we're repurposing um, old shoes as well so they're still loved even though they might not be worn they're still repurposed so I remember that conversation really well and, and you package them all in your garage and then do you still drive them down no we used to do that but but now actually our friends at Zappos now um, they will ship the shoes for free if you put them in boxes so the last year that's what we've been doing so I've become acquainted very well with the um, UPS uh, <laughs> store near my house. But unfortunately, they have never asked me what's inside those boxes. Really? I thought for sure they would have, you know, mm. curious. There must be a lot of boxes. They have not. And uh, I really have not tell them either. So oh, okay. we just continue that transaction that I go in with my box and my label. They scan it and they say thank you and I go my way and they go their way. Well, they're, they're a passive part of a great thing, of changing the world one box at a time. Absolutely. Um, so is that your best memory or do you have any other best memories so far in your five years here? My best memories are those where um, 
students come back or they tell you thank you and sometimes you don't even know why they say thank you but we're in the business of helping people and so when they acknowledge that we've changed their lives to me that says that we've accomplished what we're supposed to do i love it you said we're in the business of helping people and often that is not a tagline for higher ed and so tell me how does that kind of does that is that how the the school of business like or yourself live out faith knowledge and service is that kind of how you see kind of your vocation as um an educator yes in in the world of business now there is two dichotomies there is shareholder maximization versus stakeholder maximization and uh, we talk about the three p's in business people planet and profits and so oftentimes i will like i will ask students why do you want to major in business and they say well it's because i want to make a lot of money and i remind them that that's just one piece that there is more to life than just making a lot of money and actually, if that's the goal, most likely they will not achieve it. But helping people, creating value for society, helping customers meet their needs and wants, that's what then will bring you the profits to be able to continue to do uh, what you're doing for a long time. So basically, we talk about meeting the needs of people. We also talk about businesses being uh, nice to the planet and the environment and be conscious of that. And then if they do that well, then profits will follow and then they will become sustainable so they can continue helping people and making the environment a better place. So you know us at the CCG, we're in heaven right now because we're all about that intersectionality of eco, so economics, ecological and social well-being and that you can't ignore any one facet of it. So you know you're kind of a VIP here. So Sergio, now let's chat about your participation in the CCG. So perhaps you can tell our listeners how you first came to know about the CCG and about some of the interactions that we've had so far. So I remember uh, soon after I got here, I've met you. Yes. And uh, we seem to connect at many different levels. And so we've formed a friendship. Uh, and then throughout the semesters, we continued to discuss things and we enjoyed each other's uh, conversations. And then last year you became part of or you became the director of the CCG. I heard the cats that are the CCG. Yes, I do. That's part of my role. And so, um, again, I was still in my uh, assistant dean uh, role, and uh, I was trying to figure out how I could fit into the CCG uh, with all my other responsibilities. But when I became the dean of the School of Business, uh, it was easier then for me to lead the School of Business and start working and collaborating with the CCG. We're so thankful. And um, uh, last year, Dr. Stowe 
did a course uh, in economic uh, analysis and impact, and I think that was a very well-received course. And if you haven't heard our podcast, our previous podcast, check them out. You will find out some fascinating things about that course and how it was set up and its evolution. And to continue the momentum, uh, this year uh, we're very excited about our partnership with the CCG at different levels. This fall, three of our students are going to uh, be involved in a financial literacy program for um, single moms that are working and they just need a little bit of help in financial planning and achieving their goals. And our students uh, will be working with them and helping them understand some of the financial literature and some of the terminology and about uh, certain topics like uh, interest rates and debt and mortgages credit cards and, and there's and our train in the background adding ambiance for all our listeners and uh, investments and savings and home ownership and so the students will actually first meet with the clients and see what where they are and what they need help with and then they will co-create with the clients uh, some type of financial program that they can follow and then hopefully uh, they'll be in a better financial place at the end of the program. It's wonderful. I like that synergy between the clients co-creating with and using the talents um, of the business students. What I love is when, if you haven't heard the podcast with Kelly Watts from the Trinity Wellness Community Center, you might want to check, check that one out. But one of the things she said is these clients also want their children to learn. So as, as they bring their families, their whole self, into this mentoring program um, with our students, there's this kind of understanding that it's not only for the moms, but it's how the moms then can teach this and empower their children to financial literacy. And I thought that was a neat model. Yes, we're, uh, the students are very excited, and I will be uh, guiding the students and uh, helping them along the way. And also they'll be doing a presentation at the end of the semester to business faculty to share uh, what they have learned and their experience. And hopefully we will record that so if you want help with your own financial literacy and you want a little bit of help with balancing credit cards then maybe you want to tune in to this presentation. Yes, that would be good. Also we're working on another project uh, that will be in the spring and that is uh, the Voluntary Income Tax Program. Uh, and basically what we have here is we're working with Union County Human Services and our students will be trained to do tax returns for poor people that cannot afford uh, accountants. And uh, the neat thing about this is that on average a family will receive anywhere from three to six thousand dollars back that if they would have not done their taxes they would have not received that money. This money stays here in Union County and it's spent in Union County, so we'll also have a, a positive impact in the community. So not only for the families, but also for the community at large. I know, that's, it's so neat, this empowerment model. Um, and so we're really excited. And, and one of the things I remember, do you remember some of our first conversations together? One of the things you brought up is you're affiliated with St. Jude's Hospital. 
and I remember us chatting about how we could partner to do some sort of fundraiser. Now we're still in the, the thinking mode and with COVID, but we were thinking of having an overnight kind of event for um, St. Jude. So uh, that was something that we talked about previously that, that might come to fruition. And uh, so I know you have a lot of influence in many different areas. So do you want to tell us about St. Jude and your role with St. Jude's Hospital? Sure. So um, St. Jude here in Charlotte asked me to be in their business advisory board. So I joined uh, last year. And uh, what we try to do is provide uh, support and consulting to um, the financing arm here at St. Jude. And uh, the goal for this year is to raise uh, $7 million. Just $7 million? Just $7 million. And uh, one of the ways that uh, the university can get involved uh, with is that they do, uh, St. Jude has a program called Up Till Dawn, where, where students stay up all night and uh, they play games and uh, uh, they try to raise money for the hospital. And the reason why it's called Up Till Dawn is because uh, many times parents will be up up till dawn because their kids has just gotten chemo and uh, they're throwing up and you know they're sick all night and so it's to remember them and their sacrifices and so um, that's something that uh, we started talking about it last semester but unfortunately COVID-19 came and uh, things kind of uh, stopped but uh, hopefully once we get to some type of normalcy, we will be able to explore the possibilities of um, connecting St. Jude with our students to uh, help those children that are being treated in Memphis. It's true. And, and if you have ideas, so student listeners out there, if you want an opportunity to be a leader on campus, for any faculty that want to incorporate some these ideas and social justice into your class, or even community partners, if you're willing to be a part of it uh, with donations or with other activities, COVID won't keep this down for very long, I believe. Um, and there's different ways for us to connect and we're learning how to connect. So if you're interested, please reach out to the CCG, to myself, Kathy Wright, or to our recruitment and program manager, um, Dr. Lacey Ritter, um, who's normally with us, but she's off being a wonderful professor today uh, during our podcast time. love to know what do you wish most for our faculty staff students this year this semester so this is a an uncommon semester and uh, our new provost keeps telling us uh, his catchphrase that he would like to deliver a Cadillac experience this semester but it will do just a Chevrolet experience this uh, this semester. So what I'm focused on, uh, especially this first few days, is to make sure that we get to a good start, that our faculty uh, feel empowered and ready to start teaching, that our students are, get excited about uh, this new semester and this new year, and that we all together navigate through these uh, stormy waters. And uh, again, remembering uh, 
patience and flexibility will be key to get us through this semester. But uh, we're learning by doing, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll come out of this stronger and better. Uh, and we will have learned many uh, things along the way and uh, will be a better community uh, in the spring and for semesters to come. Now, do you have any overarching visions for the School of Business? Is there somewhere, if, if you came back to, to tell yourself, if your future self walked through this door and said, I'm Sergio 10 years from now, um, and, and kind of give you a vision, where do you want the School of Business? Well, it's interesting that you said 10 years from now because in my um, School of Business initiatives, we have many things that we're going to be working on in the next few years, whether it's enrollment growth and new programs, whether it's uh, new collaborations with CCG and other partners, whether it's streamlining our businesses business processes and leveraging uh, the talent that we have. But at the end of my initiatives is a new school of business, a new building for the school of business. And uh, it's actually 10 years from now. So um, we're going to have to do a lot of work. We're going to have to knock lots of doors and raise a lot of money. But uh, that is the goal. And once we have a new building for the School of Business, then I'll hand it over to the new dean. Yeah. And then I will be able to do then other things. Wonderful. You have to dream big, I really believe, and understand the why. And that's why we started with uh, Simon Sinek, because I, I think even for this, this building, if you understand the why, helping, and I think your perspective on business, I think when you knock on those doors, I think many of them will be open. So if you're a listener and you love the vision of the new school of business, Dr. Sergio Castello will always have his dean door open for you to come in and donate as much as you'd like uh, to our new buildings. So thank you so much for being here. You really are a difference maker. And I have thoroughly enjoyed being your friend for the last five years. And honestly, I did not know you were the associate dean of the School of Business. I would have been more nervous with, you know, going out for coffee and chatting and different things had I known that. you it, It's so interesting um, that I didn't know that from the beginning until kind of made that realization today. You went from associate to dean. Um, so all our listeners out there, stay tuned for some more exciting Against the Grain episodes where we focus on sowing the seeds of change in Eastern Union County. Bye!